Good afternoon, Jamie. Good afternoon, Keith. Staying at home? Of course. Is there any other way? I don't know. All these amateurs with their work from home statuses. Did you give anybody work from home advice? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they took it. My wife, mostly. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. Setting up all, it's funny, all the teachers are like using, you know, Zoom or they're using Google Meet. And so nobody mm-hmm. knows how to use any of this stuff. And it's just kind of eye-opening, like watching people use this stuff for the first time and how, to me, like Zoom's interface is like easy as cake, but mm-hmm. like for, you know, I could see probably because I've been using it, but I could see people getting confused over it. Um. I've been amazed by lack of uh, remote meeting etiquette mm. because people don't do this very often. Like we've been using Zoom for like church things to, mm-hmm. to get together for small groups or actually we've been doing church services and stuff. Through Since the COVID stuff or yeah, just for, yeah. yeah. And the whole reason I was like, why don't we just stream this? Streaming seems like a better idea. Um, mm. But then we ended up going with like the whole Zoom factor, and this one is because it's a community thing. Like most people, like I, I go to church not necessarily to hear the church message or whatever, because I can listen to that on our the podcast feed like two hours after it's originally uh, given. But it's mm-hmm. the, you know you go there to meet people and to say hi to, to the to the people that you know and stuff. So that's kind of why we're using Zoom for it. But legitimately, at one point, uh, my our pastor just unmuted everybody and i'm like (laughs) what the heck is going on like just this cacophony of sound and like i sent him a message i was like no no that's a serious no no that's like an invasion of privacy like what if somebody muted themselves and then they were uh doing something that they very much did not non-church things yeah exactly um behind the scenes you know and you just unmute them and that's broadcast everybody for one i don't know that's this brings up like an ethics talk like, uh, why is that a feature? The fact that they can even do that is actually kind of mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zoom's but, having a lot of problems, man. <laughs> a lot of discovering of what Zoom is doing behind the scenes is it's not good, man. Yeah. That is crazy to me that they can control your, uh, cause they can do the same thing with your webcam. I'm pretty sure. But the fact that oh, they geez. can unmute your mic is crazy because it's not your mic. It's, you know, their interface to them, but yeah, it is crazy. It my mind. That's crazy. Um, cool. So what do you, what else you've been up to work wise? Uh, yeah. So, you know, just coming in here to lob up the softball of didn't get it done again, but I did learn a ton of things and, uh, I had a, a lot of fun doing what I was doing. So, uh, the goal for this week, just a retrospective part of this is I was going to deploy uh Pokedex and have some, like, the, just like the first basic, like super basic feature of like adding to my collection. Right, you're going to log um, I, in, being yeah, able exactly, to claim claim a card as your own. and mm-hmm. A couple different things that uh, I ran into along the way. One is I, I like rolled my own auth stuff, which I think is the same kind of way I've done it in like every Phoenix app. Basically just cover is the same way they do it in the, the Phoenix book from Pragbrog. Um, I went with that as like the, the auth thing. And I think I might rip that out and use one of the similar to like a device or whatever that exists in Elixir land called POW that I found that seems pretty good. Kind of reminds me of sorcery a little bit uh, from <laughs> the rails land, which I, I love sorcery a lot and used it for tons of projects. So I'm, I'm totally yeah. cool with that. So that's one thing that I learned, but I have not actually implemented that. Most of my time was spent on the deployment side of things. Well, why not? Um, why not just why not just roll your own? 
Like, did you go down that path? You, did you um, say you I went down that path? It, well, a little bit of it is like, I like the idea of not like, I don't have to build the like password reset and I don't mm. have to build remember me and okay. like that kind of crap again. Right, right. So you didn't you didn't go down the path of rolling your own and then choose to to use this. No, this package. no. All I have is like basic auth in there for doing gotcha. things in terms of like you can register and you can sign in, but I don't have like any of the email sending to like verify your email address and gotcha. that stuff. And so I'm like, oh, I should just skip this crap and just use a solution that already exists. Um, so gotcha. I'm probably going to do that, but that isn't something that I've actually done yet. I was doing it on kind of like another Phoenix app that I spun up to sort of play with some stuff. But the bulk of my time was spent doing deployment things. And I could have gone down, like I honestly probably should have gone down the route of just deploying a Docker container in the same way we did with uh, active backgrounds. Like I literally know how to do it that way. And I could have done that in probably 40 minutes. But I didn't. So there's that. I, I've been wanting for a while to... I, I've got a friend who works at HashiCorp. And this friend knows that I teach courses on things and he's been kind of been like, Hey, you guys should really teach some content on nomad and uh console or the two that he's been trying to pushing me towards. And so I was like, ah, this is, seems like an idea. I wouldn't mind having a scheduler for containers so that I can have uh, rolling deployments a little bit easier. So I went down the, I'm going to use nomad to deploy my containers. And that turned into, I'm going to use every freaking offering that HashiCorp has because they all like plug in together so nicely that I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely need to use Vault for my secrets for my containers. And oh yeah, I definitely need to use console so that I can have a key value store that like does service mess stuff for me that I totally don't need right now. Um, so what is Nomad then? Nomad I is, know. it's effectively the container deployment side of things that exists in Kubernetes or it's, uh, mm. it's kind of like if you were using uh, Docker Swarm where you would use the same Docker Compose sort of file that you use just using Docker Compose, but you can tell it like, hey, I need three of these containers at all times. And it will do the thing where it spins up three of them and make sure that three are running. If one dies, it'll bring another one up. And then when you change your version and deploy it, it can do uh, basically like blue-green deployments and rolling deployments. So it'll say like, okay, I'm going to take this container out of the pool. I'm going to spin up this new container that has the new features. I'm going to wait until it's healthy. And then I'm going to kind of swap over traffic automatically. So gotcha. it's, it's basically a like a way of doing um, rolling deployments uh, quite a bit. I mean, this is a very simplified way of talking about it. But um, yeah, it's a way of managing multiple containers uh, that are can be load balanced and and do a bunch of different other things. But it's something that I've wanted to kind of learn about for a while. And that's what's the point of a side project if you're not learning, you know? Mm. So <laughs> why not just add more crap to it? Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of actually where I went. I have Terraform letting me spin up servers that I need and getting the networking set up on the things properly and rigging up a Nomad cluster and all like all kinds of stuff that I totally probably don't need ever. Uh, <laughs> But it was, it was, I've had a blast kind of figuring it out, but it did just set me back a lot because like every few steps in the process would be like, oh, cool, this is really cool. Now I need this. And then that leads me to, okay, that means I have to go research this entire other thing. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gets me to a gripe that I have with all of the HashiCorp stuff is oh. all of their docs are written as though you 100% work for an enterprise organization and you're going to be deploying like 6,000 containers. And, uh, I'm not. So I'm also probably not going to deploy this thing on the recommended like 
a server that has 64 gigs of RAM, that, that ain't happening. So yeah, there's but like, aren't these tools for people that need that stuff? Well, <laughs> and not tools. really a, a pre-release product, <laughs> but so it's okay. So here's, here's why I have a gripe with that is the way you get tools to be adopted by companies is by getting developers to use them. And like, I don't know about, you know, other people's situations, but most of the time when something new has been adopted, anytime I've been working on things, it's because at a small scale, we had a need for it. And so we used it or somebody got individually excited about using it on a project that was like a small, super duper small project. And then they brought that in. So that's why when all of your like educational material is like, you're definitely going to be deploying this sucker across three different, uh, you know, data centers across the globe. And you probably need 500, uh, nodes in each of one of those (laughs) situations. Like, like then it's just like daunting because you're like, Nope, don't need that. Mm -mm." Like how about just the tiny version? Give me the bare bones, simplest way I can deploy these things on like super, low resources especially since they're go binaries like at the end of the day they they shouldn't need that much space unless they're like holding a bunch of stuff in memory but even then they won't need that much in memory if you're doing it on a small scale so that was kind of annoying me a little bit because i needed to basically parse out like okay what part of what they're trying to teach me can i actually just cut this crap away maybe that's what your buddy maybe that's what your buddy wants uh wants you to do (laughs) is create those docs for the uh yeah, like uh, they're. Oh, I I'm not sure if they hired the peep code guy, but uh, console when they're like that section. I was going through their like learning materials or whatever, and it's definitely the peep code dude. Yeah, does, no, I think like I think he does up. work. I think he does work for uh, for HashiCorp. So, yeah, I, I was like, I recognize this voice. I've I've listened to many hours of this voice. He does actually. If you go to uh, GitHub.com/topfunky, which is his name, uh, well, his GitHub name. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he is part of the HashiCorp. He's ah, director okay. of education engineering. Happy HashiCorp. Gotcha. So he's the guy I should be talking to about this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he listens. Uh, yeah. Just be, <laughs> dude, make it easy for me to do this locally on like, well, oh, yeah, there's, they also were like, oh, here's how you launch it in dev mode. And dev mode like runs the client and the server both on the same machine. And then it's like going into deploying it for real. It's like, 600 uh, different nodes across the globe. And I'm like, no, nope, that's, that's a huge jump, dude. Like <laughs> I, I, I want to go from deploying the server and client on my machine to deploying it on two or three machines. Cause I know you cluster, so you're going to need more than one. So I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll concede this point, but like not 500. I don't want like, that's, that's the difference for me is it bugs me when you're trying to, to scale up a little bit too fast. Did I ever tell you uh, when I went to, um, I went to Deconstruct Conf the first year mm-hmm. and I was sitting there. I, it was in a movie theater. I was, got my seat and I hear uh, Jeff Jeffrey's voice from mm-hmm. Peep Code. And I was like, is somebody watching like Peep Code still? And I turned around and it's him. <laughs> I heard his voice. And then uh, I was going to go up and say, hey, man, I loved your videos. Uh, wish that you're still around. And. Uh, somebody beat me to the punch like right before me. Oh yeah. They must've heard, they must've heard him too. So I was like, eh, he doesn't need to hear, hear that twice. So yeah, <laughs> everyone went out, but it was kind of funny. I was like, that is pretty funny. Man. Yeah. Cool, well, man. Yeah, so that, that pretty much covers that it. That sounds very Keith. That sounds very Keith-esque. 
Yeah, it's a good thing I don't need to get this project out the door. Also, just as like a funny aside for this, you know, I'm building a, a Pokemon card based product. The entire competitive like season, if you will, because it works on like a year, their world championships in August and that kind of thing. Um, hmm. The rest of the season got canceled. So there there are literally no competitive events whatsoever across the entire globe from now until bare minimum September. And for a, a product that I'm trying to market to like players who want to collect and, you know, like build decks with them and modify things in that, like uh, that means that my entire like target audience is going to be kind of bored for the next few months and probably not building anything. So, well, hmm. so yeah, is there a way to do this online? Uh, uh, to play the meaning game? the play the game? About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's a digital version of the game that people can play. But so I actually think this like is better for you I don't think in, so. in a little bit of way, because like, what do people do when they're bored? Like people are obsessed, right? They're sitting there mm-hmm. playing, playing Pokemon, right? Mm-hmm. The, your audience. They're definitely not just sitting and, and just twiddling their thumbs and waiting for tournaments. Like they're probably doing what we do, you know, like spring cleaning and like, you know, getting everything organized. Like I actually yeah. think this, this may be. Yeah, maybe it could be good. Yeah. yeah. There are a couple things that put it in limbo uh, in terms of just like general card stuff. Like at a certain point in the year, every year we have a rotation. So like certain cards become illegal to use for the next year. And uh, nobody knows if that's going to happen or not. So like there's weird stuff like that. Also, since you can't go to the store, you shouldn't really be going to the store. People aren't really like buying cards as much right now would be my assumption. Uh, so hmm. there's other little things that I'm really... I'll be interested to see how they would affect this. But yeah, I guess you're right. People are, if they're going to be building hypothetical decks anyway, or right. they have loads of time to add in their collection to a digital archive. So, that or they they're getting exactly in groups many, or they, what? you know, they're getting, they're getting in groups and playing on zoom and like, yeah, true. You know. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I shouldn't be quite so demoralized about the, uh, the whole situation. Yeah, man, this might be focused instead of learning all sorts of other things. <laughs> no, I mean, that's uh, like, oh man, that. I'm going to have one hell of a blog post series or something after I'm done with this deployment stuff. Yeah, uh, that's going to be kind of cool. Like it is pretty cool right now because I'm using Terraform, which allows me to create my infrastructure in a declarative way. And so I can do like Terraform plan, blah, 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 run this stuff and I can have it spin up you know, a, a project in DigitalOcean and six servers that are deployed and configured to talk to each other and spin up a managed database inside of DigitalOcean and create the database that I actually want and do all that kind of stuff. And then I can be like, okay, well, I'm done working on this for today. Just tear it down because I'm not actually, I don't have anything in the database yet. It just tears all that crap down. I don't have to worry about it myself. <laughs> and being able to do that with a single command is pretty cool. That is cool. I'm going to definitely, I definitely feel like I'm going to hire you in the near future if if uh, chronic takes off and I need some, <laughs> some uh, infrastructure shit, if everything hey, starts falling apart. You know, that'll, I'll be here to, uh, nah. to at the very least help out. But. Yeah. yeah. So how about you? I'm, I'm sure yours is probably a little bit more focused than mine was. <laughs> so there's this little thing going across the world called a pandemic. Yep. And uh, so we, this is, we're recording on like, a Thursday and we usually record on Saturday and I text you last week and like, man, I can't record. And the reason I couldn't record is like my mind has been not really there mm-hmm. for 
you know, last couple of weeks or whatever. Um, my pro- so my productivity has suffered. Um, just general mood mood swings throughout the day. Um, and I've done a lot of things to curb that. Spending a lot less time on Twitter. Um, not reading That'll the help. news. I don't need to really know what the uh, number of cases are every yeah, hour. Definitely. Um, I don't really need to know that, you know, they're using refrigerator trucks for morgues. I, I don't really need to know all that stuff. And so I've been trying to distance myself and uh, away from that. Um, and, and really the, the driving force of that is like, as soon as I get stuck with something, I like immediately just reach for my phone. and was like, Oh, what's, what's happening on Twitter. And, uh, I've been trying to stop that and coming up with ideas to, to do when like I get stuck on stuff. So whether that's stuff I want to research or look into or, or business, businessy marketing stuff I've been trying to get into, mm-hmm. um, for the, for the release of, of chronic and stuff. Um, so, uh, that all that to say that, uh, my, my last two weeks haven't been as productive as I wanted, which really means that, um, I haven't finished the iOS app, which I meant to finish. Gotcha. And that's so, understandable, I would think. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, the I, I would be lying if I said that, you know, I was as productive and just distracted when, yeah. I, you know, for my last two weeks. It's like, no, I wasn't even close to productive and I was distracted. And it's a lot like in our house, you, you know, people aren't just now working from home. They're working at, from home in a pandemic, which means like, mm-hmm. you know, my kid needs to get taught. And, uh, you know, I have two kids, but one's 13 and she kind of just does her own thing and, and, uh, does all her homework by herself. You know, she, she can follow all that stuff. Um, and then I have a six year old who needs all the help in the world who hates school. And, um, so between my wife has been taking most of that, um, cause she is a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. but she also needs, she also has 20 two kids that she needs to teach still. Um, and it takes a lot of work, you know, so there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of, you know, I got to teach my kid who has a million questions. So there's really no concentrating and I still have to do client work. So yeah, I'm giving myself a break on that. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody should, um, cause this, this shit is hard and new and people are figuring it out. Um, so, uh, with all that said, uh, I did do a. F- I was able to do a few, a few things. Um, yeah, I've definitely chronic. seen the pull requests like coming out because I'm still on the project, so I still get the emails. Yeah. Um, so I worked. There's a few like little things that were bugging me. Like one of the things that I fixed was we don't send out. I'm going to say we because uh, mm-hmm. we worked on this part. Um, it's the royal we. It's, it's the royal we as an organization. <laughs> what day is it? Um, so, uh, one of the things that we didn't do was we didn't, uh, send out a tick event when, um, the timer got to zero. And so you saw that when like things would switch over from workflow to workflow, there'd be like, it would be stuck at one second left and then it would kind of slowly switch over to the next, uh, oh, workflow okay. step. Um, and also at the end of, uh, when the whole workflow is completed, it stops on, on one, you know, instead of zero. It's leaving you um, in that suspenseful moment just before the end. Right. Constantly. So I fixed that, fixed that issue. Um, and uh, what else did I, 
uh, oh, and then I start working on switching workflows. So um, I started with the API first. I started creating a workflow switched or switch uh, event that you could pass over uh, the WebSocket. And in doing oh, so, okay. I found... So this is on the, you can only run one at a time approach. Right. Got right, it. exactly. And that's the approach I'm going to take, you know, for V1. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes really sense. I think it'll be simpler. Yeah. It'll be, so it's weird, right? The running as many as you want on the server is the simpler approach because you, there are fewer things, but then you have to like handle that crap on the client side in, in an interesting sort of way. But like yes. since every workflow is self-contained, it's it's technically not hard to start up as many as you want. Yep. But yeah, I think do think it'll be more manageable for the user, the person actually using the application, if they only have one running at a time. Yeah, and also if they have multiple, like what is like run? Like, do you want to switch the current one, or do you actually want to start a new timer? Mm-hmm. And like, what happens to the old one? So that's why I think like all these decisions are simpler by just saying, "Hey, there's one timer." Yeah. And when you switch it, it's just going to switch it and just start over. It's not going to like try to calculate anything or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm try to insert it in the middle and say that the other one was paused and that you can yeah, zoom it or anything. Exactly. Like exactly. Gotcha. Um, and so when doing so, um, I didn't think, well, there's two problems with that, with the API first approach in here is I really didn't know what we are going to send. Like I was mm-hmm. going to send over. Um, and our infrastructure, like internally, like to communicate with, What's, what events need to be broadcast out. We have this um, internally, when I say internally, like on the server, we're using channels, yeah. but externally we're not. Uh, and we can talk about that at a later time, but uh, if people are interested, but um, all of the webs or the events that were broadcast um, were based on workflows. And so it's possible to switch, for example, to switch a workflow template without a running workflow, right? So if I fire up the app and it's on the Pomodoro workflow and I want to switch over to the deep focus, my deep focus workflow, I should be able to do that. So I don't have a running timer. It has nothing to broadcast. So so what I wanted was I wanted the WebSocket channel stuff to be just one events channel based on the user ID instead of based on the WebSocket ID uh, or the uh, workflow ID. Okay. So I switched that over to do that um, on the server. Um, so I think I knew why we originally did it by workflow. And that was when we were doing like multiplayer sort of stuff. I think it was, uh, I think it was just maybe, but I think it was copied over from the timer stuff. Gotcha. I thought it was basically we wanted people to be able to su- to subscribe to workflow colon their ID so that you could have multiple users on that channel. And then they would all receive the pub sub notifications when there were changes made to it. Like there's a tick to like, that, it ticks for everybody. Right, the, the group timer? Yeah, yeah. So I think sort that's kind of yeah. one of the reasons we eventually went that route. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. For right now you don't need that. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think I have a solution for that uh, as well, the, the workflow. The group timer, um, okay. cause I did think about that as well. Um, so yeah, so those two things. And then I started working on, so I scrapped actually that API on the server because I ran into too many questions. And so I was like, I'll just start this on the client. So I, I started, um, being able to, you know, 
create a UI for switching the workflows. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. uh, that's what I did. Uh, that's really all I did with Chronic over the last last uh, few weeks. Okay. Um, did you do anything enjoyable? Like this is unprogramming related, but being in an uncertain time where things kind of suck. I've been, uh, I've been doing, um, a lot of puzzles. Okay. Nice. Uh, I was a puzzle person before this, but uh, now I'm really a puzzle person. Gotcha. So, so I've been doing, um, puzzles. I've been trying to like get away from screens, uh, uh-huh. like really thinking about getting away from screens in the middle of the, or like towards the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Help you sleep. Yeah, help me sleep, um, and also just hang out the family and not get distracted. Like not like keeping my phone downstairs and mm-hmm. doing all that. So, then um, you know we do the normal stuff. Go for walks. Uh, been doing um, Zoom Yahtzee with my friends and family. Oh, nice! So uh, <laughs> just get on Zoom and play Yahtzee. Yeah, it's about that. I've been trying to, uh, I've been thinking about getting back into video games. Probably not a good idea. I was actually about to suggest one to you. Because so. oh, I have a Switch. I love my Switch. Um, Are you going to get Animal Crossing? Dude, I, 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 I probably will. I don't get into those types of games. It's kind of a fun, have, do you ever play any of the Animal Crossings? No, I have not. Me either. So that's perfect. But it's basically a wholesome life simulator is the way mm. I'm going to put it. Like there's a limited number of, it works on an actual clock. So oh. if you don't cheat, you can only do so much in a given time frame. That's cool. Uh, so like, and it works in a day night cycle and like the calendar. So like right now it's April now and uh, between March and April things change. So like there are cherry blossom trees on my Island that are blooming that were not blooming in March. Um, but what but, if you're like in uh, Cape Town, South Africa right now? Like, uh, Then it would be winter for you, right? Or going into, uh, no, going into fall. So it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you would. So it's based on location too. It's based on. Cool. Yeah. You get to tell it like what hemisphere you're in, like north or south. And then <laughs> awesome. uh, you get to pick like the general shape of your initial island and stuff. But you're basically a part of a cargo cult. <laughs> and uh, like there are literally like packages that float by on like balloons that you can shoot down with your slingshot and stuff. Uh, and there's yeah, just fake currencies. And so it's really the, the lore behind it is could be kind of comical, but dude, I know. did not know you had a switch. Yeah. We have to be uh switch buddies. Or whatever they're called. My, my friend kid, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't play it super often. I mean, if I do, I play like smash with my friends. Um, yeah, I haven't, but I have smash brothers too, and I haven't been able to get into it that much. Oh, see, I've been playing Smash Bros. since the 64, and I've just like, yeah. always loved it. So, And I'm, I'm, I'm a big I'm, fighting game guy, so I, I love fighting yeah. games, too. I do, too. Um, I just suck at that game, so I, that's probably why I haven't gotten into it. Gotcha. But, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, Animal Crossing. One gotcha that kind of sucks, because I think my wife doesn't play video games, and I think she would love it, is that you don't each get an island. It's There's one island that you create for your console. So, like you all become villagers. Like if you're playing on your separate profiles, you play, you become villagers on the same Island, um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting in the sense that you're kind of working towards common goals or whatever, but there's like some problems with it in terms of you don't share resources necessarily. And if one person's like unlocks a thing, the other person doesn't get a 
see the conversation that was involved with unlocking it and like weird gotcha things like that but it's basically a chore simulator in a way right like they're you're like well it's a brand new day i gotta go pick my peaches so that i can sell them <laughs> and uh and then you're like well picked all my peaches peace out and then you turn it off and then later on you'd be like well it's nighttime i'm gonna go catch a spider now because spiders come out at night and uh see those are the games like i've never been able to get in those games but i'll I'll give it a whirl i'm still on luigi's mansion so which is also good dude is so good so good so good mario odyssey is the best mario game ever built for nintendo it's probably fair it's it's amazing that's that's enough reason to get the switch right there yeah so there you go the back half of the show becomes we talk video games which is cool maybe never happened too much before but uh yeah i, I, I think those also, are great escapist sort of things to do in this kind of kind of time. Yeah. things that are happy because the problem is we're surrounded by like and this is why it's good to get away from screens is like we're surrounded by just negative crap being thrown at us from all directions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like at a certain point we're doing all that we can do as individuals right like i'm staying where i'm at i'm not potentially getting sick and or getting other people sick yeah. So, yeah, yeah, trying to stay happy and calm in these times. I was thinking about getting um, an Xbox or a PS4. Uh, is that that's probably a bad idea? I know they're coming out with new Xboxes and probably Playstations, but um, it, I so if that's a here's bad the. Idea. It depends. On, here would be my my gaming recommendation for you as a, as a person who follows and plays a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation has better exclusive titles. So like there's a Spider-Man game that you can only play on PlayStation and Sony. Yeah. Like Sony has a bunch of different, like really, really good exclusives. Microsoft, not so much on the Xbox side of things. You have Xbox game pass, which is 10 bucks a month. And it's a boatload of games, including every first party Microsoft game. And they own like 15 different studios. So that's like a surprising number of things. Hmm. Uh, but you can pay 10 bucks and have a bajillion different really cool games at your fingertips. So you can just install, play, uninstall, whatever. So in terms of bang for your buck, Xbox would be way more bang for your buck in terms of like the best, like cream of the crop games. I would say there's like a handful of ones that are just like knockout amazing that you can only play on your PlayStation. Okay. So, um, those one of the, like the games I like on those types of consoles are like the shooting games, the shoot them up, like the call of duties and the, and all that. Um, have you played Call of Duty Mobile on the um, iPad I, yet? I installed it, but then I was okay. like, nope, I don't know why I'm doing this. I play Call of Duty on PC, so I uh, I don't play mobile games really. Okay. Okay, because I, I follow somebody that streams the, the Call, of Duty, Call of Duty on their uh, Xbox or on their iPad. And it looks fun as shit. So. Wild, yeah. Well, that's yeah. apparently the, like Activision's most popular game. Like yeah. Call of Duty is one of the most like best-selling game every year forever. Like it's it was the top it was seven of the top ten highest-grossing games in the last decade um, were Call of Duty titles. But like the most recent Call of Duty has like had like forty-ish million players when it launched. Call of Duty Mobile had a hundred million players when it launched. So there's like sixty million people that were like they didn't play Call of Duty on a console, but they yeah. were going to play it on their their phone. So it's like yeah. I can't imagine the crazy money that makes for them, but cool. Well, thanks for the, uh, the video game segment on our, uh, productivity I might have to insert a little bit like, of a, of a thing here. That's like, Hey, if you're not <laughs> interested in video games or just like side talk that just bail out here. Thanks for listening. Uh, I might have to do that just to ease some potential, you know, started anxiety. off with like a walkie with a walkie talkie sound like, 
And then, and then this Keith then right here. Uh, yes. Yeah, we just we did a thing where we just went off on a huge video game tangent over and out. There you go. <laughs> next week or next time, I am going to hopefully. Uh, I'm not going to hold myself to it because I don't care. Um, I'm going to finish the iOS app. So that means finish switching workflows. Uh, the the sound plugin that I'm calling, I'm calling it Reverb. I don't know if that's going to stick, but right now it's called Reverb, uh, which is the ability to play sounds. Uh, you'll be able to upload your own sounds, um, all that. Cool. And then um, updating the notes for the workflow step. So nice. Okay, I too am also not going to hold myself accountable to anything. <laughs> and but my intentions are to finally finish all of this deployment crap that I'm figuring out and get get something deployed i did grab tailwind ui so i do kind of want to go through and but i didn't like fully rework my ui to use it yet so i'm gonna also work on that awesome yeah. awesome All i'm right. excited well, to hear about that man in i don't know have. how many days until we record the next one but we'll talk again yes bye bye man.